Welcome to the Book Squad Podcast. 94% bookish banter, 6% shenanigans. From Lawrence Public Librarians, Kate Gramlich and Polly Kim. Hi, Polly. Hey, Kate. How's it going? It's gone swell. Great. <laughs> Good. It's uh, gone real swell. Real swell. Mm-hmm. So... Book Squad Podcast, episode 20, <gasps> according to my calculations. 20. Yeah. Uh, We're almost legal. Well, we are legal. Oh, wait. Yeah. We can buy we can buy c- cigarettes, but we can't drink legally. Yeah. I don't care about cigarettes, but I do want a bottle of wine. All right. We should do that. Okay. Next time. We're, oh, yeah. We're all set. Okay. Okay. Uh, last time I think we talked about how old we were, mm-hmm. and it was been a theme of ours. Just to- <laughs> <laughs> we're just feeling good that we're still kicking it. Yep. So we've got our regular format with two book minimum, and then as she said, she said, uh, we were discussing the Read Across Lawrence book. Mm-hmm. So, All right. um, what do we got as far as bookish news goes? Well, bookish news. Um, I'm I'm attempting to remember the, the but, Carnegie winner. Yeah, you said uh, <laughs> Manhattan Beach by Jennifer Egan. By Jennifer Egan, that is Sarah loved that book. The fiction, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I was shocked because I mean, so um, Sing Unburied Sing uh-huh. and oh. um, and Lincoln and the Bardo were both up against it. Wow. And another book I'm blanking on right now, but um, she won. I That's know. Quite impressive. It was because, a little tough because mm-hmm. I loved those two books. Yeah. But you also... really wanted them to win. Yeah. Have you read any of Jennifer Egan's stuff? I haven't. So I know, I think Brad always talks about. I read Vin- Visit from the Goon Visit Squad. Visit from the Goon Squad. Mm-hmm. Good. From what I remember, yes. Okay. I don't think it was my style as much. I don't, it didn't, it didn't like stick with me as much as it does for some people. Like so a cup of chai. No, I think it might. Be too smart. No, I don't know. <laughs> trying well, to come up with a description that does not make me sound like a jerk. All right. Um, all right. So. What else is happening? Well, Nebula. So that was the Carnegie winners. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Nebula finalists have been announced. Um, and we'll link to this in the show notes. But um, there's a lot of people I never heard of, which makes me embarrassed. But, of course, <laughs> uh, N.K. Jemison is up <gasps> for the novel. Mm-hmm. She's like a bazillion time Hugo winner and everything. And then Annalie Newitz, who wrote Autonomous. Autonomous. Mm -hmm. We saw her at Book Expo or at um, Library Journal Day of Dialogue. Mm -hmm. And that book sounded really neat. I'm sorry I haven't read it yet, but um, it's about pirates, but technology pirates. Yeah. Pharmaceutical pirates. And those two. And (laughs) and, and, uh, what's the... It was uh, not. Did she? It wasn't droids. It was something, some sort of robotics thing. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but it's an awesome. It's an awesome woman who is like fighting against evil. Kind of, yeah, like Robin. Maybe she is. She's Robin Hooding. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And so, um, like stealing, she's stealing pharmaceutical um, information. Uh Uh, from the rich pharmaceutical companies and distributing, distributing it like recreating it and distributing it to poor That's people it. who need it. And Gosh. so, yeah, um, but so, and I gave the book to Aaron, who mm-hmm. I believe really liked it. Aaron in tech. Mm-hmm. He really liked it. He's like one of the smartest people I know. So in actual real yeah. life. Yeah. So that's a glowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sarah Gailey, who wrote... Taste of Marrow, I think, and a couple of other, like, I think this is the one where there are, in the past, they brought over hippos to um, to do some population control on, like, pests, and then the hippos, like, took over, <laughs> and so it's like this swampy, post-apocalyptic hippo-run society, and she said that it's very, the book is very queer and then also very violent, and that I might like it after reading The Power if I'm still craving some <laughs> some okay. righteous rage. Interesting. So, so anyways, and then there's a bunch of other uh, finalists that uh, aren't, in my, aren't in my knowledge base. But okay. another piece of news, not at all related to that, is that uh, Dolly Parton, who will make a, an appearance later, I hear, uh-huh. uh, 
not her, but her <laughs> name. Her name. She so she's got this thing called um, the Imagination Library. Had you ever heard of it? Yes. Okay, since the nineties, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it it mails free books to children from birth until they start school. I don't know how you qualify, or I don't know anything you just about that. Sign up for it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, because Dolly Parton is a living angel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's presenting her one one uh, hundred millionth book. Um, and she's donating it to the Library of Congress's collection next week on February 27th, um, which mm-hmm. is really sweet. She did say in this interview that she doesn't – she really – she refuses to be political because she's got as many Democrat fans as Republican fans. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, I yeah. just really want to do books. I don't want to get into <sighs> politics. So. Yeah. Well, know your know, you, know your work. I yeah, guess, exactly. Yeah. But she um, – She's delightful. Yes. So uh, next, we got two book minimum. And you, do you want to start, Polly? Two book minimum time. Yes. So this is what I feel like I said this last time. This is one of those times when I haven't fully read the book. That, That's all right. One of these I, I haven't even opened. I have two book actually. minimum. Yes. So actually one. So so the first one I want to talk about is Circe by Madeline Miller. Um, so... You might have heard us talk. I think I've talked about Song of Achilles um, just tangentially in the podcast. I don't I don't know that I've ever had it as like one of my picks. But mm-hmm. um, Meredith, one of our book squatters, loves, loves, loves that book and um, has has really been pitching it. And I think due to her work, that book is like never on the yeah. shelf. It is just mm-hmm. and because That's it is so, so good. Yeah. And I need to go back and read it because I have not read that one yet. And it's not at all. You don't have to read them together at all. They're just both about they're both retellings um, from minor characters awesome. in, mm-hmm. in Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. And so Circe, who is the witch who turns all of um, Odysseus's men to pigs. Oh. Like that's really all that you kind of know about. You don't know that uh-huh. much about and her she, from, from yeah. that story. Um, but this is her story. So I'm going to read the little blurb off. Uh, In the house of Helios, god of the sun and mightiest of the Titans, a daughter is born. But Circe is a strange child, not powerful like her father, nor viciously alluring like her mother. Turning to the world of mortals for companionship, she discovers that she does possess power, the power of witchcraft, which can transform rivals into monsters and menace the gods themselves. Sweet. So, yeah, it's actually really cool. Um because you learn a lot. So I am about, mm, I don't know if I'm even halfway through it. And mm-hmm. I'm so mad that I have to be at work today uh, <laughs> and not at home reading this yeah. book yeah. because I want to finish this book. It's nice. so good. Um, the writing is just like perfection. I mean, it's nice. so good. And But at the same time as it's like this smart literary kind of great writing it's also just a page turner you mm-hmm. know you're just like what is happening next so and i'm getting a lot of just grown-up satisfaction up from this book because i was a kid who loved mythology Aww. like i was one of those kids who read it all the time um and actually so my kids were two uh-huh. and so i'm kind of excited for them to because they're all pretty much grown-ups now yeah um to maybe read both of these books and I think this book is going to be a huge hit, and I think um, it's going to get a lot of attention. And you know so, when it comes out? oh, it comes out. Um, it comes out in April, okay. and we've already got it in our catalog. Okay, so we'll so, link to that. Yeah, and actually, I looked this morning; it already has three holds on it, and it just got ordered. Yeah, so yeah. folks, yeah, from me to you, get this book going. on your holds list. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Song of Achilles was actually one of the winner of the Bailey's Women's Prize. Again with the Bailey's it Women's Prize. Yay. Good job, Bailey's. Uh-huh. You're picking some good books. Um, so I'm, I'm, I think that Circe is also going to be winning some prizes, actually. So, so if, if you haven't really read much mythology, like your name is Kate and you mm-hmm. haven't, uh, you'll it's still going to be enjoyable. You'll be absolutely fine. What I'm wondering is maybe I should just skip the classics and just read all these retellings from the minor characters. Yeah. And then you absolutely can. You'll be just fine, actually. So I think you have kind of a you might have a richer experience yeah. because you'll have a frame of reference to hang it on. It's mm-hmm. actually funny. I saw her speak. 
um, at midwinter a couple weeks ago, she was talking about this book and she said exactly that, you know, she, like her mom, um, read her, I think, did she say her mom was a librarian? I feel like she did. And and her mom started reading mm-hmm. her like the Iliad and the Odyssey when she was five. Mm-hmm. And she said, I feel bad telling that story because some people are like, your mom's terrible. <laughs> <is> inappropriate. <laughs> you know, but, um, so she's just always had a love of these, but, and she said, so she's very steeped in it, but mm-hmm. it's not a thing. It, yeah. Like anyone who can pick these books up okay. and have a great it's not experience. It's going to go over my head if I'm not. Yeah. No. That's awesome. Mm-mm. So, okay. And my second book is one that I actually have not yet cracked open. It's sitting on my, um, I want to read sitting too. right next to my chair for me to read. And I'm, I really plan on getting, finishing Cersei and getting this one done this weekend. So it's Dumplin' by Julie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, I started following Julie Murphy on Twitter because I saw someone else that I follow on Twitter, like share her stuff. And it like, at first I was like, who's this awesome person? Click, click, click. And she had met Dolly Parton and she was so super excited about it. And then I like put it together that it was this book, Dumplin', uh-huh. that Kimberly had yeah. read and had really um, raved a lot. She reads a lot of YA and does YA for grownups and she gave the books really high marks. So I'm pretty excited to dive into it. Um so from the blurb is for the fans of John Green and Rainbow Rowell, and I am Oop, a fan of both you. of those, particularly mm-hmm. Rainbow Rowell, mm-hmm. comes this powerful novel with the most fearless heroine, self-proclaimed fat girl Willow Dean Dixon, with starry Texas nights, red candy suckers, Dolly Parton songs, and a wildly unforgettable heroine, Dumplin' is a guaranteed to steal your heart. And this one is like pretty highly rated in our catalog. Mm-hmm. I think it looks like a kind of a, a community favorite. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty interested in it. And there's, I, you know, there's a Texas beauty pageant Mm -hmm. that's going on. Like her mom is a pageant winner and it's sort of moving that the story along plays a big part. And that, that reminded me of my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies, which is Whip It, Mm -hmm. um, where she's a roller derby girl and her mom is a pageant winner and wants her to be a pageant winner. So, um, you know, kind of that misfit outsider place, you know, in a place where, Beauty is a, oh, is right. a really important thing. Um, Maybe, and, is Whippet in Texas too? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they're they're close to Austin. So you should need to watch this movie. I watched it, but I don't. I don't usually remember, remember details like where it took place. Well, and stuff. here it's also you know Whippet is based on a YA book of the same name. I so didn't know that. you can nice. read the book if you prefer. And does Julie Murphy have another book coming out? She must. And I mean, I think that that's... I thought that Dumplin' just came up again in something I was reading, but... Um, mm-hmm. And I'm also... Well, I'm, we'll, we'll scope that out yeah. and put it in the show notes if that's happening. I'm so. hoping, based on the fact that it's Dumplin' with an apostrophe, mm-hmm. that there's a lot of, like, dialectical writing. I bet there is. I love that. It's That'd be awesome. Texas, yeah. yeah. I love to hear the voices. Okay. Cool. Well, so what about you? What are you reading? Well, one, I'm, one of these is one that I just ordered and got in and uh, haven't officially opened uh, technically yet. Um, <laughs> Just so, flip, flipped it a little. Yes. Uh, so Mothership, it's Tales from Afrofuturism and Beyond. It's a um, collection of short stories edited by Bill Campbell and Edward Austin Hall. Um, okay, the cover is really gorgeous. It is you really can't gorgeous. see, but I'm just going to say is really Here, beautiful. Here, hold it up. Ta-da. It's gorgeous, guys. Yeah. Just believe See, us. Now it's just backed up by mm-hmm. Polly. Um, so one of the Book Squad goal challenges is to read an anthology of short stories by multiple authors. Um, and that's not a thing I'm super good at. Um, I really like, I love that they exist. And I love themed collections in theory. And I like recommending them to people. Mm-hmm. Um, but as someone who's sort of newer to short stories in general, I've... I draw, I am more drawn to like single author collections. So I've got a lot of things that are potentially on my list for the, for that challenge. Um, and this is the latest one. Um, Afrofuturism, um, it's a term that was coined in the nineties by Mark Derry. And it explains, um, the collection of speculative fiction and assorted media that was (laughs) (laughs) created from the point of view of black people. Um, also described as the future as told by people of the African diaspora. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not just fiction, you know, um, art, music, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's it's a thing that I'm very interested in. 
you know, I mean, so if you're a fan of like Black Panther, uh huh, yeah, this that Black, Pan- Black exactly. Panther is Afrofuturism, exactly. Like, that's yeah. what that is. Yeah. So get up on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's actually that reminds me there was a whole list of things to read after you like Black Panther, so mm-hmm. we could put that in there too. Oh yeah. Um. So the authors range from I mean, like Eb's a boy who wrote American Street, which I loved. Um. N.K. Jemison again, a multiple award winner. Uh, Sophia Samatar, who I really like, Daniel Jose Older, um, Juno Diaz, uh, okay. a lot of big names, and then a lot of smaller names, which I think will be nice to kind of introduce me to some new authors. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm quite excited, and I hope that I do read it. <laughs> <laughs> I will quiz you on it. Good. Yeah, that's a good idea. At our next podcast uh, no, so feel next one. Next one. pressure okay feel pressure to get it done well after now i'm anxious okay. uh <laughs> i do have one that i am halfway through reading though um the next one the wedding date by jasmine guillory guillory i'm not guillory. sure guillory okay i didn't know if it was french um guillory yeah uh <laughs> it's a romance novel I, uh, so maybe it is guillory i can't believe that you're that you're doing this right? one and not me I know. You scooped me. Here I am. Okay. Uh, the Holds List, we, we have three copies of it, which means that we had to buy extra copies for The Holds List, and there's still like 17 holds or something like that. I have a lucky day, so I skipped in the line. I have the advanced reader copy. Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Uh, well, and yeah, we need to just read it. Uh, Roxane Gay, um, the queen of the universe, called it uh, a charming, warm, sexy gem of a novel, one of the best books that she's read in a while, um, which is hyper because Roxanne Gay reads a crap ton, like a metric crap ton. Like her Goodreads is amazing mm. for reviews and very like heartfelt reviews and honest criticism. And and so high praise from her is a, is a huge deal. Um, yeah, because she's really honest. She is. She does not she's, like what you have written. But she's never mean. No. That's the nice thing is she's, she's not, not usually. No. She, not, well, she's at, least, very, at least not mean in like a, I guess it could feel mean if you were the author. <laughs> yes, I guess. Okay. Maybe not mean, but she's not unnecessarily unkind. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which we'll talk about kindness soon. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So as we know, romance is not my usual genre, um, but it's, it's so funny and witty and the dialogue is great. Um, it just feel it feels like a rom com totally. Like I can imagine these scenes being played out. Um, and then so and I didn't know what the term meet cute meant until last year. It just oh. means it's a cute meeting, right? It's how they meet and it's cute, right? It's like, well, yeah, when when they yeah, I didn't know that, that was like a term. Oh. So I need to take like romance one hundred and one. Yes, well, um, and it's it's rom like the rom com. Yeah, like you have to have a meet cute. Their meet cute is. Mm-hmm. Adorable, yeah. and it involves yeah. cheese. So yeah, I just I've gotten go. that far. Okay, and so that's where <laughs> I'm so at. I, uh, see this? I have three books I have to read this weekend. That's true. Yeah. Well, it's also um, the author's a black woman, and the protagonist is, is a well. It switches between the um, the male and the female protagonist, but it's an interracial couple or soon to be couple or flirting pair. <laughs> um, and so she does insert some social commentary like there's one point where um this is not a spoiler because it's called the wedding date so she goes with him um to a wedding and she asks beforehand she's like am i gonna be the only black person at this wedding and he was like i didn't ever even think about that and she's like yeah it's fine if i am i'm used to that but i just need to know kind of what i'm walking into so it was just it's it's not. I like when there is kind of realistic social commentary uh-huh. in in Bro, my. I have a pile of romance. I know that, that you would yeah, like. I know. Well, yeah, maybe after this one, I'll get hooked. <laughs> I have to read this Afrofuturism book. Yes, okay, <laughs> we'll let you do that. But there are so many smart, yeah, social oh, I know. conscious, yeah, good feminist, and even somewhat intersectional, yeah, romances. Yeah, good or a lot of intersection. I just need to invent extra time and stop watching Netflix. So, mm, uh, I so anyway, feel that, I that was that was our two book minimum. Um, mm. What do we have? We had Circe, we had Dumplin', we had Mothership, and we had the Wedding Date. Sweet, read them, y'all. Yep. All right. 
right. Next up, she said, she said. Okay. What are we talking about? We're talking about Wonder, Wonder. which is our 2018 Read Across Lawrence book. Um, it is a, a juvenile fiction. It's children's novel written by Raquel Jaramillo under the pen name of R.J. Palacio. I had no idea there was a pen name until I just looked mm-hmm. that up on Wikipedia. Um, and she, um, yeah, so she she wrote this book. This book has been out 10 years, I think. Maybe? Let me see. What does it say? Mm. Oh, heavens. I thought I wrote the pub date. I thought that's, maybe it might be like seven years or something. That's cool. Like that. Yeah. It's, uh, so I'll just start. I'll just read the the blurb off of it. Um, August Pullman was born with a facial difference that up until now has prevented him from going to a mainstream school. Starting fifth grade at Beecher Prep, he wants nothing more than to be treated as an ordinary kid, but his classmates can't get past Augie's extraordinary face. Um, 2012. That's what came out in 2012? I guess. Oh. Okay, that's cool. what this says. I don't know. All right, cool. Book says. I don't know. But yeah. Um, anyways. It's been translated into 21 languages. Yeah. That's really cool to me. This book is, it's evergreen. It has been mm-hmm. like popular since it has been, since it's come out. And it's won just like a gabillion awards. Yeah. I can't, couldn't even. And it was turned to, into a movie recently. Oh, here's the awards and recognition oh, yeah. are Go on the back. Um yeah, it's an ALA, ALCS notable book. That's like librarian nerd stuff. <laughs> uh, an E.B. White Read Aloud Award winner, Parents Magazine Top 10 Book of the Year, Time Magazine's 100 Best Young Adult Books of All Time, New York Times Notable Book, NPR Outstanding Backseat Book Club pick. That's what I, what the heck is that? I don't know oh, what that is. The, so that is, um, Backseat Book Club is the books for kids to read like oh in the back of the mm-hmm. car with them and they're going someplace yes. oh that's great you that's know, great because you know that kid kids hear npr a lot when they're sitting in the back seat mine did anyway yeah. um so Weird anyway kids. we this is our this we chose this as the read across lawrence book this year we really wanted a book that everyone could the whole family could read the whole mm-hmm. family could read and i had i had read this over a year ago and my first thought when i read it was um you know it's a great children's book a juvenile uh literature but that adults can actually enjoy yeah i did it I was did it was enjoyable now so this will be an interesting conversation because we have not talked really about this at no. all so i'm interested and the heidi who i've talked about it with briefly she was very emotionally attached to it because her kid is about the same age as, okay. as Augie. And so as a, yeah, I'm interested as a parent and a non-parent mm-hmm. reading it. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, do you want me to just... Yeah. Why don't you dive in first? So structurally, I did not, I was, I did not know that it was going to be multiple narrators. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that leads a lot. It lends a lot to the story. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed that experience. And I like the fact that she, her writing style changes based on the character. Mm-hmm. You can tell when it's someone who's a few years older, like the sister. Right. Um, although there was one kid who annoyed me because he never used any uh, yeah. capitalized capital letters. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so stylistically, I really, I enjoyed that. It felt like it was um, well done between different narrators. I really liked um all the music references that were made. Mm-hmm. There was you know, Bowie. There was Natalie Merchant, which is her her song "Wonder" is what mm-hmm. titled the book. Um, Christina Aguilera, and but then there was also like Magnetic Fields and Polyphonic Spree and super nerdy stuff. So right. I don't know. That's an example of like I don't know that kids would necessarily get mm-hmm. that. I mean, some of my friends' kids would definitely right. get that, but yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe that's a it's good because it they're like what is this it, and yeah then they, it drives curiosity for them to look things up yeah yeah okay. well and also like I mean and if the adults catch it then you know it's another thing to kind of keep their interest mm-hmm. but a thing I like though is that there were references I mean there was a lot of Star Wars stuff which went over my head unfortunately <laughs> uh, but also like. There's a reference to Diary of a Wimpy Kid and all the kids that I know who love that book. I can just imagine reading this as a kid and being like, oh, 
they've read my favorite book. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like, like when you're an adult and there's tons of like, you know, bibliophile references just dropped. Exactly. The book yeah. Like, you're just like, oh, yeah. I get that. Uh, we, we read the same stuff. Exactly. Author. Yeah. I like you. Exactly. You know? I really I really, really like that. Um, and I think that that is probably really engaging for kids. So uh, so kudos for that. Mm-hmm. Um, my main thoughts I, we can we can dive into some things, but okay. I really liked how she really drives home the influence that parents have over the kindness of their their children or the mm. lack of kindness mm-hmm. that their children have. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think, and I and I'm always a little nervous about that because as a parent, mm-hmm. you know, I know. I know that you can do a lot oh, yeah. to teach your kids certain things and you're and then you just feel like how many times have we talked about this thing? Like mm-hmm. how do you not get this? But but I I mean in this particular case I think kind like I think there's a baseline of the kind of the kindness and the respect and um you know the general humanness mm-hmm. that that you can share with your children that give them a really good foundation for building on, um, which, you know, the teacher, um, which I, I love the teacher in this book. It's Mm -hmm. like a dream fifth grade teacher that you want to get. I think, I think Debbie Diggs plays him in the movie. Um, I haven't seen the movie yet. And so, but I think he's the teacher and I'm like, oh, he, oh. yes, that is a perfect casting because I love Debbie Diggs so much. Um, so I love that. And I think, you know, I, my take on it was I thought that the author did a really good job of writing about a very sensitive subject. Mm-hmm. So writing about any kind of disability at all mm-hmm. can always be fraught with with problems, which I think mm-hmm. we should talk about. Um, and I, which we, you know, we did talk about this when we talked about all the light we cannot see. Yeah, you know, whether or not the author treat, you know, does a sensitive and a you know treatment of the of yeah. what's happening in the book. Right. And so I thought, um, you know, I thought that she did. In my opinion, I felt like she did. I felt really good about how how Augie. Um, is portrayed in this book and how his family is portrayed and how the the Mm. other people are portrayed. And, and I, you know, there's, there's sentimentality in this book, but it's not, it's not fake sentiment. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't feel like I was manipulated into having the right feelings Uh in this particular book, which is what I, I love that. When I can read a book that is that makes me cry because for honest reasons, for like honest, it's honest, it's well done reasons mm. or makes me cheer or mm-hmm. makes me whatever for honest reasons. Yeah. Um, I what did yeah, you think about that? I totally agree. And I really um, I really like. So. I don't know. If, what's what's a spoiler here? I mean, I don't know how spoiler. I mean, it's it's well, how spoiler it is. So I mean, Augie, it's a kid like, going to fifth grade, and it covers his his whole first year, mm-hmm. and, and things, it describes and things happen yeah. to him, good things, bad things, mm-hmm. and um, you know, you really just ride along with him and his family for this fifth year and his his first year of school, mm-hmm. and a year of discovery for him, but also a year of discovery for. Her his class as well. Yeah. And that's okay. So I love, I loved him and his insight into how other people look at him and he knows, I mean, he could tell the second someone like freezes on his face and then looks down Mm -hmm. or if their smile wavers for just a second. Um, And I, and he, and he, he even said he was like, I don't, they're not doing it in a mean way. It's no. just, I just know that that's what my face right. brings. And you I know? liked that. That was the where he talks about the Wookiee, you know, because he's a big Star Wars yes. fan. And he said, if a Wookiee came in, I would, I would like, stare at it. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. And it wouldn't, and the Wookiee would know, like, well, you haven't seen a Wookiee here before. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I really liked that, you know, he's still a kid. Mm-hmm. He's still a 10 year old. Mm-hmm. Like, he does. He makes weird decisions mm-hmm. because he's 10, but he's also 
very mature, yeah, obviously. He's very wise he's, he's, yeah, he's yeah, had a he's lot of us. life experience and he's very, you know, um, it's interesting. Like, I mean, I think he, he has a very, he has a much more relaxed look at like how to deal with people dealing with him. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, from like his sister via is uh-huh. like very, ang- gets very angry on his behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that makes it kind of worse for him because then he's like, if I was normal, which is if I was like ordinary, right. which is what I want to feel, then you wouldn't get so upset if someone teased me because you know, everybody gets teased. Right. So you would just let me deal with it on my own. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, uh, he also, what I loved about it is, um, so it was maybe a year, year and a half ago or something like that. I went to a workshop that was, um, on, um, helping and interacting with, with patrons with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, there were a couple of um, women there who said, I often get told that I am I am an inspiration. Mm-hmm. I am, you know, right. gosh, you're so brave. And if you can do it, I can, you know. Right. And they were just like, that is crap. I don't, I'm not here to be your inspiration. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm just living my life. I just want to be, right. you know, who I am with in what, in what I can do. And so I really liked that the author Put that message in there, too, because he's like, I just want I'm just I'm not right. I'm not trying to be your, you right. know, your motivational yeah, right. poster or exactly. something. So, yeah. And which I think that that was I mean, I still think that I I run into people who I don't know if they've read the book or if they've read it and they still aren't convinced. But I I know I've ran into some people who are like, I don't I don't read, you know, quote unquote, inspiration porn kind mm-hmm. of books. I don't like that, that term, but right. like, um, you know, that's kind of what they call it. And I, cause I thought, you know, I felt like I was reading it with an eye to I think she calls that. out that. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Cause that's what too. she doesn't want this to be. Right. Um, and I, yeah, so I really appreciate that. And I, you know, I just, I love the family. So, you know, Augie's, mm-hmm. Augie's mom and dad and his sister, Olivia, who mm-hmm. goes by Bia, um, and uh, the their grandmother mm. who passed, um, and she was the one that she, the only person that really looked out for Via yeah. first. Mm-hmm. I really love Via's parts of the book um, because she's just very. I mean, it's just it's very straightforward about mm-hmm. what it's like to be the sibling of somebody mm-hmm. who has you know particular needs, mm-hmm. and I mean, she says something like. You know, Augie's the sun mm-hmm. and where the, around, the planets mm-hmm. who revolve around him. And and like, that's OK. Yeah, you know, because that's just I don't I've never known any other way and it's OK. And so, um, you know, I thought that was very interesting. And it's I, also so much for a kid to. It is. And you I mean, I think I mean, that gets addressed in the book and, um, you know, what that's like for her, which I think is a very it's a very interesting perspective that isn't always told and. You know, she's not always perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, she's yeah, not always everybody is, a yeah, saint. Just human. Um, mm-hmm. But she also is. Um, she's also a very mature kid. Yeah, she's very mature, too. I mean, I think like that that's any time. I think any time that a family, you know, goes through something that really forces them. Yeah. You know, into a situation, you know, that that really changes the family in some way. And so I really, um, I just, you know, I, I like how that's portrayed. I like the humor in the family and the hardness mm-hmm. and the realness, you yeah. know, it, um, I think it's a great, I just think it's a great read for everybody. Well, and I, yeah. and I like that she, she points out, it's pointed out multiple times that the, that this kid does not have any special needs. He's, and he's not, he doesn't, yeah, no, he's, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's like his special needs are well. She right. Bia points out that he's had so many surgeries, and right. so the needs he's had is all this recovery time. Right. It's all it's all really physical, yeah, mostly, um, and dealing with yeah. Dealing but with she points out not it's not that she'll never be able to complain. Like she, I just liked how she pointed out that 
on her worst day, she does not have to recover from mm -hmm. a, a, you know extremely painful surgery. Hopefully, you know, right. or and and it's it's it was yeah. I don't know. So she recognizes like she recognizes the hardship that he's gone through. Yeah. Not just you know, right. But I think what she comes to recognize too is that, um, you know, she, she does a lot for herself. Mm -hmm. She manages things herself because what she feels is that I'm in, no matter what my problems are, they're never going to be as bad as Augie's. Right. And I think she learns in the course of the book too, that that's not, that's not how her parents would want uh -huh. her to feel like her parents would mm -hmm. want. Her to, to feel just as right and to know worried after and stuff mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to know that that um her, but that's a hard concerns how do you do? I right mean, i know as a sibling how do you you would feel totally selfish to yeah put any complaint of yeah. yours i think that you would first. so i like um i just like how it's handled i like how it's constructed mm -hmm. I don't know if they've ever thought about doing like a follow up on the family. Like, not, I don't know if she's ever well, thought about the, writing another book. But what's this? What's Augie and me? Three wonder stories. Oh, it's different kids, and then we're all wonders. There's a whole. Mm -hmm. They've got some spinoff books, but yeah, but I don't think it's like mm -hmm. um, another novel. Yeah, that follows up. I think I might get this three hundred and sixty five days of wonder. I was just talking Mr. to someone Brown's about that. precepts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, let's so talk, yeah, the precepts. Yeah, let's talk about this. Um, I didn't know what a precept was. I'm just going to say as a 30-something-year-old woman, I did not know that word. You learned about it. Yes. and I learned about it with these fifth graders. Yes. <laughs> for so, some reason, I thought it was a British term for... Oh, I was thinking prefect. Yeah. Mm, that's got different. It. Okay. okay. <laughs> I should have had that realization. Not, <laughs> not on the podcast. <laughs> no, uh, I think that's important to have those realizations because it means we're all learning we're all, all the time. Well. There's something you can I am learn not every smarter day. than a fifth grader. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, okay, so, okay, well, so you, since you know what a precept is. What <laughs> <laughs> well, I really, I loved it, but I love that kind of thing. I mean, that's definitely. Um, Hypothetically, if there's someone else who doesn't know what it is, though, it's a motivational sort of, <laughs> it's like a motto. It's your motto, yeah. What's the motto with you? <laughs> oh, boy. Sorry. <laughs> the rules about really important things. Uh,. But not not law sort of rules, more like no, more, just rules for living. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. So I I loved the precepts, and I was thinking like, and I when I read it the first time, I was like, oh man, this would be a really great practice to have in my life. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't do it, but now I have yeah. a bullet journal. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's like kind of my life story, guys. So um, this is a great idea. I'm not doing it. Not doing it, but but someone should someone do else, it because yeah. it's great. So um, I would, th I do think that would be a really great thing to put in my bullet journal, though, mm -hmm. and have like a little area for each month where there's I have a precept for. How that do you month. come up? with them um I, you just go on the on and pinterest the, and look at the on look at inspirational quotes so the first one i would just do mr rogers quotes all year just long. all year long yeah, yeah. Ugh. so the first one was when given the choice between being right or being kind choose kind um I, does he attribute that one i think so no, but it, so later in the book oh, actually i wrote so it down funny. in the back um there's quote a quote like when they're having the graduation ceremony, there's mm -hmm. a quote from Little White Bird by J.M. Barry, the Peter, mm -hmm. you know, Peter Pan person. Yes. Um, Shall we make a new rule of life to always be a little kinder than is necessary? Um, That's lovely. Yes. I really like that. Yes, we and, should. Do we? No. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, and you're if if you're in town or you've been looking, you know, we're ha we have a we're trying to make this a kind oh. community. Mm -hmm. Um, we've got, you know, we have a, um, a big, like a big bin to collect, um, little cotton balls of, so if you do anything kind, you know, mark it down and bring those in. Mm -hmm. Um, we want to be a kind certified community. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a big, that has been sort of a, the big off spin, mm -hmm. this spin off, off spin. Both. It's been a thing that <laughs> has come from this book, um, that they've really, sort of latched onto is that choosing that kindness choosing yeah kindness yeah um, there's uh, yeah i know for me personally that if if choosing between right and kind i'm gonna go for right usually is my <laughs> is my 
is the way I've operated. Uh-huh. Um, and so that was actually like reading that right away. I was like, ah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Well, that's I don't need to win the you don't we don't need to win the argument. Well, I don't know. You just also don't want to be a pushover, but whatever. You know, it's, well, we can suss this out. Yeah, I would actually. I put that. I, that was something I wanted to think about. Like, so if we're translating this to adult life, mm-hmm. um, and and you do think, I mean, I it that's a lot easier for. I mean, that was as a lot easier one for me as a parent to right versus kind. Sure. Like, Always be kind. I mean, you can be right like all the live long day with your kid because yeah. they don't know what they're doing yet, right. and they're they're supposed yeah. to be learning how to do it. Um, and so choosing kind is a lot easier, I think. Well, it was for me anyway. To sure, do. yeah, and, and also so, like when you're looking at someone else's behavior, you can usually tell what they should do. <laughs> I know. Oh. So um, you know, I just think that, um, but. I'm interested, like, in the context of, like, this larger context that we're having as a country where we've had so much division mm-hmm. and and um, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of false information that is fueling the division. Yeah. Is it a kindness to present the facts? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, is it I don't a, know. And, may, and maybe those facts would never be maybe no one would you know it doesn't it would never come across as a kindness to, to present the facts i don't know um I but was being kind i promise I was, I, so look at how kind so i super am kind you're wrong yeah exactly. um yeah so it, it, what's nice is when you can be right and kind at the same time yes that's what I, that's my favorite well that's i mean can't i mean could we i don't know i don't know i would love to i would love to think that well it's all about choosing Oh, I don't know. It, I mean, in these kids' cases, it was about choosing not to put your ego first, it seems, you mm-hmm. know. And I don't know if that applies always when it comes to, like, taking away human rights and stuff. But but I do know that, like, in certain interactions, I – not to be – not in a political way, but, like, you know, if I'm uh, – you know, at odds with someone over a parking space. Um, <laughs> right. What I would do typically in my head is I was here first, screw you, et cetera. Oh. Okay. Um, I am my father's daughter. So, <laughs> uh, but this, so like in those ways where it, there's not really a right, it's just my ego versus being oh. nice to another person. Okay. I need to just give up the ego part. Yeah. I mean, those, those, are, are, those are easier to follow than. Yeah, it is. And it. And I think when you get comfortable, like sometimes you're not comfortable doing that mm-hmm. because you've come from a me first, mm-hmm. like, like a defensive sort, sort of, of right. background. Mm-hmm. And I think once you get comfortable doing these acts of kindness mm-hmm. that don't necessarily reaffirm your rightness, but sort of affirm yeah, the you know, that kindness is where we should go. Yeah. That you it starts to feel better because you like really like it's not you release that mm-hmm. inside of you that feeling like but i was right in right. that scenario you know because sometimes when you're asserting your rightness the other person is never going to believe it no and they're just you're going to walk away from them feeling like for the rest of your life oh remember when i had that conversation with somebody but like when yeah, you you're give play up them in the shower right or like at three in the morning when you give up that do. parking spot mm-hmm. or when you say you know you choose your battles yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. that you it's like it just it just leaves you. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like that con the thing that could have been a conflict just leaves you. Well and, and doesn't eat at you. As a side jog, I'm currently reading a man called Uva for a book club. Um. And he is he is choose right. I mean, at least in the this first part of the book, he's a curmudgeon, you know. Right. Um, and he is a choose this is the right way to do things. And I see myself in him a little too much. So <laughs> so yeah, it's been interesting reading. I'm like, okay, these two books can have a nice conversation. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's hard. It's hard to not want to be right, especially when you feel like you would improve the other person's life or like there's an injustice. Yeah. Right. And then that's and that to me is hard. Like that whole that's a whole other piece of it Mm -hmm. is like when somebody is when someone is actually harming another person's like, yeah, way of like ability to live Mm -hmm. free and you know have a a good life 
I don't necessarily feel like being kind, but then, but then there's those conversations that you can have one-on-one with people with your listening and your kindness. You can see where they're coming from and then you can see where they're coming from so that you can address the root Mm -hmm. of the situation. Right. Because you can, you can't get to the root of the situation if you don't listen in the first place. Like the stupid mom in the book was such a, jerk well i julian so julian was a character yep is like an eddie haskell where he's he totally like, is an eddie haskell yeah exactly. he's like the so mom even points out like is yeah. he the type of kid who's like one way in front of kids and one way in front of adults yes and yes. that's who he is and so and i like the idea i like the idea that um i mean i guess this is a spoiler but <clears throat> he doesn't get fixed at the no. end of the book like that's that's another thing that i i like about this is it's it's real in that yeah, it's not like it, it wraps wasn't up like, tidily and then this kid right. who's a jerk like learns that turns he around be a jerk. and yeah. becomes yeah. yeah. I mean it's not like it allows It's like real life. It's like It's like yeah, and, yeah. and it allows the characters to have shades of gray where mm-hmm. you know, they're not yeah, they're they're allowed to have some, you know, depth of character and but yeah. so the mom does some shady things. Yeah. At one point, I mean, this is just she photoshops Augie's face out of the class picture. I mean, yeah. I, I can't think of something that's more, I mean, oh, dehumanizing and just awful. Yeah. And the way, I won't say what happens, but like the way that the other parents in this situation or um, the the school administrators in in this conflict handle it, I really liked because they did, they... Just pointed out the, I guess I'm going to say right in this way. They pointed out what the right thing to do is, mm-hmm. which is being kind, you know. Right. And yeah, I, I I liked the way that that this particular was, exchange was written. So yeah. Um, well, <clears throat> okay. So I think our the thought, the last question that I kind of wanted to ask you about this because I think we've been mm-hmm. we've been kind of all over the board, but I think the important the important thing is. Um, I think it's an important read Mm -hmm. and I, but the thing, and and I think, you know, this particular book I think is very well done, but do you see any benefits in reading other juvenile fiction as an adult? Do you think as, you know, particularly if you don't Uh have kids and you don't like have to read it? Right. Well, and I will say that I was really crappy about, I was not kind to the choice of having uh, I I just sound like a jerk today, but um, you're not really all the a time. Jerk. Uh, thanks. I just play one on a podcast. <laughs> uh, but I was I was like, man, I don't have kids. Why do I have to read a freaking? Yeah. But I did think about the kids that I saw in the library. I thought about my friends' kids. Um, I thought about how I was like, as a kid, oh. and if I've gotten nicer right seem not not possibly (laughs) but you know and it's just it shows you just some really basic humanity Mm. like humanity 101 which someone like me could benefit from (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's not you know that's the thing about juvenile fiction it can't be it can't be completely nuanced you Mm -hmm. know i mean that because kids are learn. i mean there can be some but when kids are learning mm-hmm. how to become new, yeah, you can't and, argue with this right. book and say like, like you you have to take this book at value of mm-hmm. how would you have reacted to it as a fifth grader, right? Not how are you reacting to it now? Yes. Um, although, although I, mean, I think it holds up, you know. Yes, but but, but yeah, like, but there are things um, like I just like I admit it. I had to admit. I had to admit in, a, in front of a group of other librarians. That I have never read A Wrinkle in Time. Me neither. Which I can't. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, oh. Oh. Maybe we It's coming should. out. Yeah. Okay. So I cannot, you know, and and some the person sitting next to me kind of leaned over and was like, well, just, you know, when you're reading it, you have to think of yourself as being the age you mm-hmm. were when you read it. So, mm-hmm. or when you should have read it. Um, so I'm, now I'm like, huh, interesting. But it's kind of one of those things where I was like, I can't believe I didn't read. I feel like it had a Pegasus on the cover when I was a kid. Sounds Pegasus. It was like my catnip right, right there. Yeah, why the heck um, didn't you? Yeah. I just, somehow I missed it. Pegasus. Nip. So I, I'm interested in that. Um, 
you know, kind of that going back to like Uh reading books that are just like, let's just go right to like your creativity and your imagination. And, and there's the freaking borrowers. I should reread the borrowers. I love the borrowers. I love the borrowers. And it's one of the books that where the dog doesn't die. Just like, uh, yeah. Old Yeller and, uh, where the red friend grows and stuff. Yeah. You know, did we talk about this on here? There is a website called Does the Dog Die? Oh, that's awesome. Okay, we're going to link that. Um, yeah, we're going to link that. So if you're a person who doesn't... For a movie or book? Yeah, for a movie okay. or book. Does the Dog Marley Die? Marley and Me? Yes. I haven't even read it or watched it, but I could just tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I'm not, you know, that happens. But so, okay. So I think, I mean, I'm interested. I'm interested in, in going back to revisit yeah. some books that I didn't read as a kid. Um, I also didn't read from the mixed up files of Mrs... Basil, Basil Frank Weiler. Frank yeah, I don't remember. Yes, but... um, which I like. People I love who are super into books, like mm-hmm. that was one of the books that so motivated yeah, them. That's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it seems like like a book that I would totally I'm be to into. Remember what I read that was. I'd like to re. I'd like to recapture mm-hmm. that place where I was when I yeah was reading these this kind of book. I agree. Okay. We can think more about. I've got to think more about my formative books and things that I missed out on. Okay. Um. Whew, so that was. She said. She said. Oh, she said. She said. Talking our, about wonder, and I think, I think we both will give it a thumbs up. Yeah. And that, and we would encourage everyone to read it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I was pleasantly surprised. I'm glad that you were mm-hmm. because I. I, I'm a bit of a curmudgeon. I knew that you were not excited about it. So I f- I'm really glad to have you. I was wrong. I chose to be <laughs> kind. Et cetera. I didn't need it to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's cool. I'm practicing. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, let's talk about. <laughs> so what, uh, when we're not reading. Let's talk about we can't always be reading. Yeah. Okay. I uh, have been cavorting with uh the cruel <laughs> mistress named netflix um she's terrible god and you'd think like but so i, I don't have her. a tv i have like this crappy chromebook with a small screen mm. and you'd think like well it's not you know why would you waste time right. watching something? the experience would be so unpleasant yeah that you wouldn't nope. continue doing it nope <laughs> nope because you just snuggle up there it is mm. um so I've been watching Shameless, which was recommended by uh, a guy who works at the Merck. Um, and it's the American version with William H. Macy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just ridiculous. I've heard it's oh just my like, God. it's such the most raunchy. terrible and, people. Yeah. But, but unlike, uh, what's it called? Oh, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, who I think are just kind of terrible people who just mm. do terrible things. These are people who do terrible things, but they do it because they are so poor and so desperate and so like trying to take care of their own that they will steal or do whatever. Like it gives, it gives like the reason why There's a context. For yeah. Their horrible it's like, yeah. Yeah. Behavior. And so, and it also just shows their, their humanity. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've been really, I've been enjoying it. Um, the other thing is that daylight savings time is coming on uh, March 11th. And so, and I'm very excited about this. Uh, just for some context, the sun tonight sets at 6.07 p.m. Oh. in Lawrence, Kansas, uh-huh. United States. Um, but then on, on March 11th, it will be 7.24 p.m. That's pretty exciting. That's just delicious. I'm just I mean, getting tired oh, of leaving work when it's dark. Gosh. Yeah. And I'm it's always amazing. leaving work when it's dark. I will link to you guys my uh, timeanddate.com um, <laughs> chart so can, where you can track exactly how it's. You yeah. start planning. All right. Well, it's all right. I mean, like since since like the solstice, you know, the, the sun sets like an hour later or something like that or down 15 minutes later. It's just nice. It's just nice to see like, OK, every day makes a difference yes it does i'm i'm st- i'm not particularly susceptible to seasonal affect disorder but even i'm starting to just feel it's like, like why? just tired. where the heck is the sun yeah i'm super excited like on the weekend when i have just let myself sleep and mm-hmm. woken up with the sun in my room it just feels so good to wake up when the sun is also shining. yeah i know see that's that is the problem with daylight savings time is that the sun won't rise until like seven thirty eight yeah. in the morning but that's gonna be a bummer <laughs> but it'll eventually mm-hmm. right itself and the sun will be up but 
Yeah. So what, what about you? Though? Okay. So also Netflix. Yeah. Um, I know it's like, mm, I could do, we could do a whole episode on like the perils of, uh, saying like the perils of uh, things that keep you from reading like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Netflix is, but, but I'm going to say there's some really great stuff on there too that make you think and stories are important mm-hmm. no matter how you take them in. And now I can I like relate to people. Right. And I catch references more. So, yeah. so and that's really good. So mm-hmm. I, I love, I mean, everything, everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. But um, unfortunately with Netflix, it's hard to have moderation because you can binge <laughs> the whole God. thing, which is what I did mm-hmm. on. Um, so we had a surprise snow day mm-hmm. a couple of days ago because we had a horrible ice storm. And so um, I tried to, I worked, I got some stuff done, whatever. <laughs> but then at some point I was just like, I just want to watch something. And a bunch of people have recommended to me the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That's on Amazon though, right? Uh-huh. It's on okay, Amazon. Just so I said also Netflix. Also Amazon. And but also Amazon. All, any any uh, streaming. I've been, told, I've been told that this is yeah. great. What time All period? the streaming things. So um, I think 54 is kind of where they, they land mm-hmm. you. 54, 56. Um, so it's, she and her husband, um, it starts with their wedding. Um, it, they're a Jewish family in, um, uh, in New York and, um, they, they're sort of recovering from like the horrors of, Mm. you know, the war and like, they're very, Americanized in a lot of ways and, you know, um, it's situated in like sort of this, the kind of the rise of this stand-up comics that are happening. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. which is very interesting because that's a very, you know, there's a, a, a very Jewish tradition um, in comedy as well. And so um, it's just a, it's very interesting and it's got a lot of I mean, really, like my comments are the clothes, yeah. the furniture, oh. the feminism. It's, really? I mean, yes, it's very, it's very, I cannot wait until the next season because I'm super excited. And of course, I binge it all in one day, but I'll go yeah. back and rewatch it. And it's written um, by the same people as Gilmore Girls, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Which you can kind of, you can tell that dialogue, oh, that good. boom, boom, okay, boom, good, boom, boom, dialogue. Good, if good. you really like that, mm-hmm, it's do. in there. Cool. And then um, my other project for this weekend is to make the best chocolate cake that has ever been made. Mm. I'm really, like, I just have, my mind is envisioning this cake on a like a pedestal that has had a little like powdered sugar mm, sprinkled on it mm-hmm. the cake gently resting there with sponge yes <laughs> <laughs> i don't want a soggy bottom yeah I- um but it's gonna be it's gonna be like a double maybe a triple layer i don't know are you making this or is your husband making this i'm making okay it. cool just wondering I'm just wondering the just baker wondering. okay gotcha although he bakes these do you want to bring it to the staff meeting Ooh. Oh man, I did not think you'd go for that, but yeah. I don't know if I'll have time to get that done though before the staff meeting. You can do it. Wake up with the sun. <laughs> at, at six, six, whatever. Yeah. Six oh eight tomorrow, mm-hmm. probably, or six oh six. Um yeah. No, I know. That would be really I'll I, just come over afterward. Yeah, I gotta do some just I have to do plate. some um I have to do a, like a look mm. at a couple different places you can have to a ganache. see one. I just all these words uh, I know now because of the Great British Baking Show. I'm I'm more I'm just more of a I just wanted to say ganache. frosting. Yeah. Kind of out of the can. Out of the Not out of the oh. can, but just I like the the fluffier like oh, yeah. frosting mm-hmm. instead of ganache is more like that. It's like a yeah. Are you going to pipe it? Oh, there's so many things. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can pipe no, it. No, don't do those things. Maybe it won't be the best. Just make it edible. <laughs> it's going to be delicious. Yeah. That's exciting. Well, I'm excited for that. Okay. So besides your cake, what else is happening? <laughs> oh, speaking of edible things. Though, oh, yeah. Um, Let's get to the edible things. Yeah. So the Edible Book Challenge uh, is coming back this year. Um, and these are so much fun to look at. So nerdy. So many puns. Super great. I know. they. People do. People are smart. Maggie Allen is amazing yeah. at this. So... Uh, you can enter as an individual or as a team if, like me, you're terrified of the kitchen. Uh, bring entries to the library between 10 and 11 a.m. on Saturday, March 10th. Um, you basically make an edible version of a book that you love or you interpret a book using edible ingredients. Right. So if you want to watch Great British Baking Show to prepare, 
you know, that'd probably be a good idea yeah. just to kind of get some ideas flowing and stuff. Yeah, think about your favorite books mm-hmm. and how you can foodify them. Yeah. Uh, through ooh, puns. Was or... it Kathleen? I forgot. Oh, it's my favorite thing. Uh, so they did Catcher in the Rye, and it was a picture of Salvi from the Royals. <laughs> In a bag of rye bread. Yeah. And that was it. That was it. That was just like, I was like, yep, done. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, that's still remotely edible. And then like, uh, I think Maggie did like Frankenstein and it was like um, a stein of hot dogs, a Frank's. Yeah. It's just, but, or other people like make the book cover out of, you know, a cake uh-huh. or whatever. So, right. But you can be as elaborate or as. Or just like. Brief. Hilariously. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, so Liz, um, we'll give you her email address, but it's E S T U E W E at L P L K S dot O R G, uh, for more information. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Did we, did you say the date? Saturday? March 10th. Saturday, March 10th. Yeah. Okay. 10 a.m. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And, and then you can vote, right? We just, you can just, yeah. Then, just then, show you, up then and you vote. come and you can vote. Yeah. Okay. So you need to come see these in person because mm-hmm. they're really awesome. So, um, yes, and so, and, and and maybe you've heard, maybe you haven't, um, that we have made it. By the time you hear this, we'll, we might know what the outcome is. Um, but we made it to the final four of the Engaging Local Government Leaders mm-hmm. Leslie Nope Award for the Best Public Library. And I'm super excited about this. So my friend actually nominated us oh. because she works in local government um, and knew about this group Does and this award. She does live in Lawrence, but she doesn't work in the Lawrence local government. Mm-hmm. She lives so, but she um, she nominated us, and God, we yeah. I mean, it it's was amazing. It has really taken off, and yeah. so it's been. I mean, we started out of hundreds, yeah, right, and then and there then, was a thirty-two, right. So we got down to thirty-two. Or we did. I don't even remember. It was thirty-two. It's just like the final four, madness. but mm-hmm. we're not. I think we're not allowed to say the final four. And we're not playing basketball, but I just said it. Right. Mm, sorry, don't yeah. send me. But um, but yes, yeah, so we've made it to those remain the, the been four remaining libraries. Against we are one Pueblo, of them. Colorado. Yes, we're against Pueblo, Colorado. So again, you might know the outcome of this by the time. I hope you don't, because if we don't know the outcome, that means we won, and we're down to two. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. But either way, either way, either way, I'm just going to look at it in the mature way. We're trying it's to been an awesome new. ride. It's been really cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's freaking awesome that yeah. we. Made it to the final four, and also the kind people who were voting for their library um, had been making comments of what they what they love about the library. Oh. I just want to print those out and wallpaper my house with them. They I just, know. I just like, I get chills just thinking. Oh, it's just so wonderful, and everybody is like the programming, the staff, the building, the everything, right. and like, it's a hub of community. The and vibe, I'm just kind of crying right now. Yeah, the most. Yeah, that has to me that has been the most incredible mm-hmm. thing to come out of this is that we now have this huge <gasps> list of why people of love why we're awesome. The, yeah. Well, <laughs> I was going to say why people love the yes. Lawrence Public and Library. It's a, it's a but yes. It's a wide-ranging, you know. It is. I mean, I feel like every facet of our library is included, which means I feel seen. Yeah, I do do feel seen. And I feel like we are doing... We're on the right track. We're doing work that appeals to our Mm -hmm. entire community. Yeah. Because it's all very different Mm -hmm. things that we provide. Yeah. Um, So... It's anyways. It's awesome. I'll link to the comments so you can just cry with yeah. me. Yeah, oh, so. the comments. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so there's lots of things going on here. So then, like as we mentioned last time, it's Rita Cross Lawrence. Um, Lizzie Velasquez is coming to the Lead Center the day after the edible book thing. So this is a big weekend for you all. Yeah. Um, Sunday the 11th at 3:30 p.m. We'll link to more information. Yeah. So this is free. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be so fantastic. So Lizzie. Velasquez, um, and it's related to this, it's related to the Choose Kind movement. Um, so she, you know, she's incredible. She uh, is a is a speaker who, I think she has a TED Talk. Have yeah, we she definitely has a TED, TED Talk. talk? Okay. Yeah, I think we did. Um, All right. So anyway, you're not going to want to miss this, and you're definitely going to want to bring your kids to this. She has mm-hmm. a, a really great anti-bullying Choose Kind message. Mm-hmm. So, okay, one more thing. Okay, so also Shirley in the book squad, she wanted us to share that the library has several copies of The Home Place, Memoirs of a Colored Man's Love Affair with Nature by J. Drew Lanham available. We bought extra copies. Um, so this one is awesome. Um, 
he will be here on May 24th at Liberty Hall at 7 p.m. It's a free event. Shirley's put it on. It's um, going to be really amazing. Uh, so she writes that uh, Jadri Lanham shares lyrically written prose rooted in a strong land ethic uh, and wit, along with frustration of being the singular African-American ornithologist in a predominantly white field. Lanham is an alumni uh, distinguished professor of wild ecology, wildlife ecology at Clemson University in South Carolina. He's also a poet, a naturalist, a hunter, and a birder. He's going to be coming for a couple days to Lawrence um, from South Carolina, which is really neat. And uh, and I think he's going to be doing some birding expeditions and mm-hmm. things. And he wants to really check out Kansas and yeah. um, and just talk about the intersections between nature and social justice and you know. What it's like to be a very a rare bird, if you will. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. very nice. Okay, I think we're going to go out on that one. Good, yes, that's we've awesome. got a lot. Okay, yeah. happy reading. Happy reading. That's it for this edition of the Book Squad podcast. For more details on any of the books or events mentioned in this episode, visit our website, lplks.org. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe. Please rate or comment. It helps others find the podcast. Our Book Squad librarians are Polly Ken and Kate Gramlich. Our theme music is by Heidi Lynn Gluck. I'm Jim Barnes, and this has been a production of the Lawrence Public Library. 